bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello, After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello, everybody. That's me. And Mr. Justin Robert Young. Hello. So I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be an artist, what it means to be somebody with a passion, what it means to just be a person. And okay. I don't know the full story behind this. I mean, I read what was reported, um, followed the story, and assume that the elements are true and assume i assume that the 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 suggested parties are probably who they are but have you did you see the thing that the actor lucas gage retweeted he was one of the actors from euphoria where yes he was doing an audition so let's let's do you want to explain to our audience what took place justin so the viral video was a uh from the perspective of a uh an actor who is on a zoom audition but the person who is casting him has not uh muted his mic and is talking about how terrible his apartment is and how small his apartment is and uh uh, this this uh, very charismatic young actor uh, comes back at him and just says like oh yeah i know it's a crappy apartment uh, that's why you got to cast me, cast me, put me in your movie. And, uh, uh, the, the British stuffy casting director, uh, is, is very apologetic that he had not muted his mic, that this is portrayed as, uh, uh, somebody who had accidentally not, uh, muted their mic. Yeah. So, um, we're not going to get into who it was that said that to him, but it wasn't a casting director. This was a known person in Hollywood. So, well, okay. So I, it sounded like somebody that is a very famous person. I, I, I didn't know if that was for real who it was. We, well, that- I, I would say that I, forensically, uh, you hear this guy's voice, you go watch this guy's voice, and you look who commented on this. You're like, oh, we, yeah. But the point, okay. point is, is, yeah, the comment was made. Uh, oh, look at these you know, call like look at these poor people. Blah blah blah, like this. I'm gonna say first. I've said dumb stuff. I regret. I've said dumb stuff, insulting stuff, dumb stuff all around. So before I cast any sort of stones or anything like that, let me make this very clear. Probably wouldn't be very hard for anybody to dig up me being a complete a. Okay. Yeah. Um, does not excuse it. Doesn't excuse it. Say this, and. My takeaway from this was this was like my frustrating sort of thing, though, was uh, first is to to treat anybody like that is horrible, is horrible, is absolutely horrible to the way the guy handled it. He handled the actor. Uh, Lucas handled it extremely well. Um, third, man, I better watch when I'm being funny or trying to be say something or dig into people, whatever, just to get a laugh. I need to be careful about that because things can have consequences. Um, and those are my three takeaways. And the thing I'd like to say is like, often when we're artists, we're struggling, we're building a business, we're creatives, we're trying, we're, we're, we're students or we're learning, or we're sort of some point in our life, our self-esteem takes a hit. You know, our self-esteem can really be, you know, just as hard to sort of feel good about ourselves. Sometimes this is speaking from my own point of view. And when you get 
somebody in a position of power or whatever has says something or criticize you, whatever, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But if you've never gone through that in life, if you've never been a person that's gone to go through that low point or that point where you're struggling, then you've never earned anything. You've never worked towards anything. And you have to understand that, like, you know, part of the process, part of the journey is the struggle. The struggle is real. And it's things we can all relate to is having gone through, you know, points like that. And I watch this and I'm thinking, like, uh, you know, I just your heart just kind of goes up because I have friends that are actors who, you know, who go through the ups and downs. I know people who were, you know, in the L.A. and L.A. who were actors who worked as waiters who guess what? You can't do that right now between gigs. Yep. And, you know, and I think about anybody who's had a dream or anybody just, you know, just trying to, you know, pull the family together or whatever. Like, you know, we're all there. We, you know, well, anybody who hasn't gone through that and forgets what it like, we don't need to care. I don't care what they have to say because they don't understand. So mm. I, I, I totally agree um, uh, uh, to that video. All I will say is it looked like a fine apartment, man. Like, look, I don't know. Like, it was I, a hotel I, room. He was, actually, he was actually on location shooting for uh, a series or something like that. And that's where he was staying. Really? Which is the funny part. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. Yeah, because it didn't really look bad. You can't see you much of the apartment and it looks nice. Yeah. The part you see, there's a little inset yeah. where there's a dresser and yeah, a TV. Right. There's cra- uh, There's molding around the door like yeah, yeah if that if, if if that's a tenement man then i have lived uh i was i, I was homeless for the vast majority of my life uh because that looks okay uh, yeah and more people watch this video than that director's last movie just gonna say i really think that, that there is obviously an element of struggle that goes into anything um and i often find that uh, how you process that struggle often kind of defines not only your work ethic, but also your art at times. And I, and I don't think that there is a right or a wrong way to do it because some people, uh, uh, you know, fetishize that sort of pushback in different ways. Either you want to be that person that, that pushed you down when you were lower, you want to destroy that person that pushed you down when you were lower, that that person doesn't matter. And and you're going to make sure that their opinion isn't something that you ever uh, uh, factor into your brain. And, and ultimately, I think that you wind up using any one of those tracks as part of your motivation to go forward. Like either you are seeking out new things that you do want to wrap your point of view around or you are singularly deciding that this is the track I want to follow because I am going to be better than this person uh, possibly thought I was. Or, uh, uh, oh no, this is the thing I want to do. And I, I want to make sure that I am at a point where I can never be pushed down because I'm going to be in a, in a position to push other people down. And I won't because I will have more mercy and I'll remember where I was in this moment more than obviously this other person did. But beyond all of it, I, I think there's really just an element of common humanity. And, and the more we show that at every stage of our, our, our growth, the more we will remember it when we're in a position where uh, uh, we could possibly hurt somebody uh, either by being in a bad mood or directly callous or possibly just saying something that they think is funny and, and obviously is uh, uh embarrassing and hurtful yeah you know i yeah. I, I uh 
you know, I, I have a, I, I, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I can be kind of quick to ire a little bit. Um, and, uh, that doesn't mix well with social media. Very, very famously, (laughs) very famously old quick ire Bryce, you know, everyone just knows don't piss him off, man. He'll, he'll, you'll be, you'll be, don't, don't set up. Don't send them off. Don't send them off. I know. I know. We all look, we all tiptoe around (laughs) eggshells that are the the fragile, explosive ego known as Bryce Castillo. But but on, on social media, especially where there is like a very, you know, the gap between between any two people is, is smashed to basically nothing. And, um, I, I, have to I have to catch myself sometimes um and just remember that like just let people do the thing that they're gonna do and 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 that that's all you can really do um just I don't know I I I sometimes you just want to shake people and say this is not this is not effective don't why are you doing lists like this this is not even the the number the top 10 things you could be doing to achieve what you're clearly trying to do. Um, but you have to let people also make those mistakes and you have to let those, you have to make, let those people just do the things that they've decided to do. Um, and, and so, I don't know, I think, I think that's very related to, to this story where, uh, it, I mean, I'm not insulting anybody's homes or apartments or things, but I can often give a very critical eye to everybody. And a lot of times that's um, not <laughs> what the situation calls for. <laughs> I don't know the circumstances too, like the director, or whatever, who knows what that before and everything else like this. He could be a great person. And this is just sort of, there was a rant or some moment like that happened and we never know. And then we can't be too quick to judge and say, ah, this person's the worst person in the world. This moment doesn't look good. And I'm, like I said before, like, I'm sure I've had my moments where I look like the worst person in the world, but still, you know, I, you're not, you're not your apartment, you know, you're not your bank account. You know, you're not your LinkedIn. You know, you are what you do every day. You are who you treat people. And that's an example I, I, I wish I kind of lived up to more. I, I'll tell you what, I, I, the most productive I've ever been in my life is when I am focused on a process, a pipeline. Here's how things begin. How, here's how things go. Here's how things end. I end projects, I release projects. They don't sit around forever, right? Like they have a life cycle. The more you get to the end of things, the better off you're going to be. And to be totally honest, maybe the greatest, uh, uh, you know, success is a byproduct. The, the, the salvation you find in creation is the act itself. And, and being able, like the, 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 the kid that did this, that, that released this thing, obviously, there's a little bit of schadenfreude of uh, being able to flip the power position of being, uh, uh, oh, okay, well, you thought you were making fun of me. Well, guess what? If I put this out and you look like a total chode, then I, everyone loves me and you come off as 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 the peen. Uh, but beyond that, like, he's a working actor. He knows he's on a hit, uh, uh, critically acclaimed, television show this is a process by which he gets into other situations but the the fact that he's done this and uh, uh you know feels some level of self-confidence about himself was the reason why he even probably felt uh, uh 
like that he could put that out because like there is an uh, there is a a salvation that comes from doing things and and at, at whatever level and however awkward it feels like every day if you want to create how are you creating today like what is what is the step that you are taking to go do it and I, i'll say too being an actor is rough like i look at what my yeah. friends go through and we you see we think of like oh it's great you're on you know you're on a movie set and everybody loves you and you make money like no that's that's 0.001% of an actor and even though even ones who you see on tv they go through periods like they're always up they're getting you, rejections the norm you're oh, i want to get this part like no they don't like you for it no they don't like you for it and imagine every time you've gone through a job interview and they said no going through that every 3 to 4 months you know, and multiple times, yeah. multiple times, like, nope, 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 nope. It just whittles away the self-esteem. It's part of the reason why actors are insane, crazy people, because you they, you find a coping mechanism to deal with that, and it ain't always healthy, And but that's hard. That's a hard thing. And like I said, this this is a actor who needs a thing, wants a thing, wants a job, and all of a sudden the person he wants it from in this situation treats them like complete dirt, and it's just holy cow, within the business, you know, producers and directors, do you see how they really feel about actors? And it's like, uh, different. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think we talked about it too, was, uh, was it Jeffrey Owens, who was the, the, the guy on the Cosby show, who was, you know, they works, you know, loves acting, works when he works as an actor, works as an actor, then he works with like doing, you know, acting programs. He's very involved in the whole, the whole, world of acting not just to be on camera but to be you know teaching and working in it to help make ends meet he would work at trader joe's and somebody yeah. snapped a photo of him at trader joe's and they're like you know like and again i understand why kind of a person who's not in the industry might be like oh wow look a famous person's working at trader joe's and probably made them feel better to be able to say this to say look at that i don't know the intent and it's like, yeah, this is a guy that loves acting loves his craft and you don't always get wall-to-wall -wall roles and he's supporting a family and that's in that person they you know was not i don't know if it was really attempt to shame maybe to shame him or whatever but other actors are like yeah this is what we do this is what that's, we do that's you the know? thing that happens that's that's the that that's what it is yeah uh uh yeah it, it's it's uh you know i'll tell you I'll, I'll fast forward to my pick but uh one of i think the best representations and and really two series but but uh the ricky gervais series extras and life's too short are are both meditations on what it's like to be an actor and specifically the comedy mind from the very cruel and callous world where you're not only getting rejected because you might not be the right fit or you might not have the right resume but that resume is your face and your weight and your voice and and in, in life's too short it's uh you know about a smaller uh or it's a, a warwick davis uh, uh a a little person actor and so it's like there's there's so much that kind of goes into that but but specifically extras just the every episode is is centered around that bizarre world and how much just the little humiliations build up the the the, the small to to epic humiliations and what happens when you actually get your dream when your dream happens and it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to be and 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 it's 
neat because it's sort of a story about a guy who wants, you know, a journey of an actor, but uh, extra work, extras, many people in extras, particularly in this town, in LA, are, are aspiring actors trying to make ends meet, trying to work gigs. And it's sort of, you know, they get discussions about like pay disparity, which is an important issue about like, hey, are, you know, are, you know, female actors made, made, making as much as their male colleagues and stuff? There's a lot of things questions need to be addressed about that nobody ever talks about extras you know you'll, you'll get yeah. you'll get actors get up there and champion like oh we've got to go fight for this cause to raise money and whatever hey that person five feet away from you they hope that craft services and they hope that there's enough food catering to feed them today because when they go home tonight it's an empty refrigerator have you thought about that person and yeah well you know no no because you get you get treated like there is a difference, and I worked when I was younger. I'd go work magic gigs. I'd go work as an extra because in Florida, there was a lot of that was an opportunity. And then later on, you know, having your own show and stuff, and hiring extras or being, you know, in stuff. And I can tell you, there is a difference between being an extra and being the talent. And being oh, yeah. an extra is a great way to appreciate that difference. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's you know that's that is uh, uh, a very very specific line of work. And, uh, yeah. uh, it is, yeah. So, uh, that, 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 that's going to be my pick for, for this, uh, uh, this episode is, is just, I've been rewatching extras and in a lot of ways I can't, I can't kind of believe that it hasn't, that it never got a American reboot. It just seems like oh. such a, such an enduring concept that could be rep like you could redo extras now and I would watch it. Uh, I, I got a pick, uh, since we're doing that, uh, I, I, I'm going to double down on a pick. Uh, I think was one of my picks last week, but, uh, I have, uh, spent a bunch of time with, uh, Hades, uh, the, the video game, the past, uh, the past week. And I really dig it. Uh, you, uh, story in, in terms of storytelling, um, it is very unique in that it is a roguelike game where you are meant to start from the beginning and hopefully beat it in one go. Um, and you play it a many, many hundreds of times to try to, to, to get to that point. Um, I think it embraces that, that structure of, of gameplay, uh, in its storytelling. Uh, there was a, a video that came out over the past week about, uh, the writing for this game. And they, you know, they were saying like, uh, there's more words in the script for Hades than are in the entire series of Game of Thrones or some, some statistic like that and um and 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 it shows when when you play it right when you go and you talk to all these characters there's always they always have something new to say even though you're doing the same things even though especially the way that the game is distributed right there are certain characters you see many many times um versus characters who you may not see until the later points and may not see them a lot uh it's always fresh it's always new dialogue uh it's almost all of it is voiced and um it is set up. It is. It tells the story of why your character is trying to leave hell and why uh, Hades is mad at him and why all these different people are helping you uh, and and X Y and Z. It it embraces uh, it it embraces that structure as a way to tell the story. And and uh, a lot of roguelike games do not do that. A lot of roguelike games just don't have a story or it's just procedural what and, you and see. just yeah just just to explain to people the the concept of a roguelike game is you start your run mm -hmm. and then depending randomly the, the like level and i'm going to use these like 
you know, examples, but like level two isn't always the same level two. Right. Like there are always a switching. So your experience is never the same. You're not just trying to run one thing. It's always changing and always randomized. And so mm-hmm. this, I guess, takes the, the story element of that to the next level where it's not just like you run into a guy in level two, everyone, sometimes it's the milkman and sometimes you run into the postman and sometimes it's the butcher. Now, that is the case, but they all have different ways depending on how this particular version of the randomized uh, game has laid out, which is amazing. That's remarkable. Yeah, you know, they talk. I think it. I think it was for the channel. Um, people make games that that did this video, but you know, they talk a little bit about like, you know, the dialogue is written uh, both to progress the story, but also to react to things that have happened. So, you know, in one run that I did over the weekend, right, I got a lot of power-ups from uh, Poseidon, and eventually I uh, saw Zeus again, and Zeus remarked on that. It's like, oh, you're, you're, uh, you know, my uh, my brother is uh, very helping you out. Now I'll help you out. Like, even little things like that. So there are conditional things, and it, you know, it prioritizes various things. So... Uh, you know, st- actual big story beats will will come up when when it's their time. I I just think it's it's very fascinating um, uh, to have that, and all alongside like it's also a very good game. Like it's 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 fun, and they make it very accessible um, for beginners. So I I think it's really smart, and I think it shows um, that with a lot of of effort, um, you can take uh, you can take a genre like like a roguelike and treat it in a different way, treat it with a lot of care to elevate it beyond, I don't know, the standards of, of where that genre is. And I, and I think people can take that away from into other things as well. That is, I wish I, I wish there was like a couple extra hours in the day because I think that there's so much interesting narrative stuff going on in video games. And I wish I could spend more time looking at it. And the, the, the amount of thought and attention and care that goes into this is very impressive. And, um, but I don't, so I have to live vicariously through your video game newsletter. Tell everybody how to subscribe. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, neshcom.com, There's a link that says games newsletter. I do a video games newsletter. I haven't, I haven't done one in a while because I think everything's almost in stasis because these new consoles have come out and there are still not new games. And a lot of the, a lot of the chatter going on is, you know, which console is better? Which one gets a percentage, one uh, percent better performance than the other one? And it's, it's very mundane stuff. So I, there hasn't been a new one in a minute. But uh, uh, Neshcom.com and uh, sign up. It's free. Yeah. Uh, do you have a pick? Andrew? My pick. I, I do have a pick. I've just started playing with it, and so far I really like it. I've been for my uh, my other occupation. Uh, one of the things I like to do every now and then is I've been working with OpenAI and developing stuff and applications for their technology. But one of the things I also have been doing is helping with the documentation. And if you use the API, actually, a lot of that was actually written by me and um, the ones on how to use the prompt, that is. Uh, everything else is written by much smarter people. But anyhow, I've been doing videos and stuff internally, and I've actually been doing videos for developers to sort of show how to do stuff. And sometimes I might explore a feature and then I want to show it to the team and I have to, I'll make a video and say, hey, look what you can do this with. But I've been just switched over now to start using ScreenFlow, which is an app that's on the Mac. And it is a really neat way to make a, you can just use QuickTime if you're on a Mac to record your screen, but what ScreenFlow does is records your screen and your video 
So you can record yourself as you talk, you know, and explain things around there. Then, then go edit it. So it's got an editor. So it's pretty easy to go in and add titles, add stuff. And they just added a feature, which a lot of editing software is doing now, where you pay 40 bucks a year and there's a royalty-free library where you can just drag video clips and sound effects in there without having to go hunt for them. Oh, that's nice. So, hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the quality on it's really good. You can reposition stuff. I, you know, I've been using Premiere to kind of edit my videos, but I'm like, man, I'd like to just use a dedicated tool to do this. Yeah, and Premiere is very... very heavy for if what you're doing is screen you know, screen recording and, and demonstration stuff. It's not that it, it's not any easier just because it is a very high end piece of software. Yeah. Cause I found like we did some stuff where we did some video sessions and we recorded on zoom and the quality was just garbage. And I thought I should just record them again, doing them on my own. And what's nice is it records two tracks, your full screen or whatever you select it to, and then your video screen. And you can make your video screen go full screen and then you can cut back and forth. It by nature, it naturally puts you in a little box in the corner, like, you know, a screencast. So ScreenFlow is what I've been playing around with. And so far I've enjoyed it and just it's found it very easy to use. And that that 40 bucks a year to have that library of sounds and videos and images, just to be able to drag them in there, super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So ScreenFlow. They're doing a special right now. So it's the ScreenFlow right now is like a hundred bucks, but it's normally like 150, 160. But if you get it with the you can get it for 150 with one year subscription to the Media Stock Library, which is like a half million soundtracks and images, et cetera. Oh nice. So, awesome. 150 bucks. A little pricey, but if you want to do quality stuff, I think stepping up to somebody like this makes sense. And that price is uh uh uh, comparable to other media library, you know, prices. It's less than mm -hmm. we pay for the music library for Scamnation, for example, or yeah. something yeah. like Storyblocks. Yeah, it's going to be a simpler library. But I looked at what I was able to. I set up. I wanted to find this. This. I found some good video graphics. I could throw it in stuff. I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's usable. So, there you go. Screenflow. Gentlemen, it's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>